Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Linda Franklin and we've got a super cool show. Today we're going to be talking about dreaming and Linda, I have been dreaming so much lately. I wake up and I'm full of dreams and do you remember for many years I didn't dream at all? Well, you dreamt. You just didn't remember that you you dreamt. Um, I've been dreaming an awful lot, too. And I came to the conclusion today, and we can ask uh, Jason about it. Uh, I I wake up, and I remember my dreams, and I think about them for a minute or two or three, um, and I'm quiet. And then I go on to either watch (laughs) Morning Joe or some crazy thing at 6 a.m. in the morning, and then I forget about them, and I'm, I'm saying that, you know, that's okay. It's okay to forget about them because they must, they, I think that they may serve a purpose even when you don't remember them. I think so. I like to think so because I think if we were supposed to remember all of them, we would. Um, before we bring on J.M. DeBoard, our dreaming expert, I would like to thank Smile Direct Club for sponsoring today's show. And if you're not familiar with Smile Direct Club, um, they're a company that believes you shouldn't have to pay a fortune to get a smile that you love. And they can straighten and brighten most smiles for 70% less than other aligners or braces. And they work with state certified dentists and orthodontists to ship these custom invisible aligners straight to your door in these monthly shipments and that means you don't have to go to the dentist you don't have to go to the orthodontist you don't have in office visits um and you don't have to wear the wires and the brackets and i wore the wires and the brackets linda it's not a good look for me and um So you can use your insurance with some programs or an FSA. There's many dental insurance plans that reimburse customers for a portion of the cost of these invisible aligners, and they do accept FSAs. So you're going to want to check this out. And there's two easy ways to pay. You can pay a single payment of $1,700. The lab costs are waived. And um, you can take advantage of their smile pay, which is only $250 down and $99 a month for 17 months, which is is a total of 1933 and they don't do credit checks so that's that's good too and the way you get started is you get this at home impression kit and it's $95 and it's covered by the smile guarantee so if the aligners aren't a good fit for you because they're not a good fit for everybody you can get your money back and there's going to be a special offer uh, coming up that allows you to save 50% on this evaluation cost now 
They use proprietary cutting-edge technology to help you avoid the inconvenience and cost of monthly office visits to your dentist or orthodontist, which helps cut costs up to 70%. They're board-certified, state-licensed dentists and orthodontists within the Smile Direct Club Network. And they're involved through the entire process and access and prescribe these remote treatments. Treatment average time, six months, but it can range from three to 10 months. And now this is where it was important to me because it was an easy solution for people who had braces but failed to wear their retainers and have watched their teeth shift back. I wore my retainer until I was 25. And now, 20 years later, my teeth are shifting. And so they're shifting on the bottom. So I'm really excited because I got my kit in the mail. And, you know, you kind of stick these like little trays on your teeth and make these impressions. It's really fun. The kids and I had a good time uh, doing it. And then you you mail that back. Now, if you want to try this, Um, and you want to listen to me over the next eight months, you're going to hear how these invisible aligners work with me and you can save 50% off the cost of a Smile Direct Clubs at-home impression kit by visiting smiledirectclub.com and using the promo code POWEREDUP, just like our show, POWEREDUP at checkout. Now, it's important that you note that this is not available in North Carolina. So, If you want to learn more and find out how you can have the smile that you want with smiledirectclub.com and use the promo code POWEREDUP. And um, I'm excited to see what it's going to do for my teeth. And I'm going to post pictures online and we're going to follow along with me as my teeth straighten and whiten. Now, we promised that we'd have J.M. DeBoard on the show today. And this is guy is really cool because he's my favorite dream expert. We've done shows together before. J.M. DeBoard wrote the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbol, Signs, and Meanings. It's three books in one, a dream dictionary guide, an encyclopedia, and offers that complete source of understanding in the meanings and significance of dreams. He also penned Dreams 1, 2, 3, uh, Remember, Interpret, and Live Your Dreams. That's the book that I first found uh, JM with. And it's a very cool book, Dreams 1, 2, 3. It's very easy to remember. Now, we're going to introduce JM to you guys because I want to know if all our dreams are meaningful. JM, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sandra. And thank you, Linda. I appreciate you having me back and uh, letting me talk to your audience about my favorite subject, dreams. <laughs> ah, that is awesome. So are all mean, are all dreams meaningful? No, actually, all dreams are not meaningful. You have different layers of dreaming. And the, the first layer is basically just memory processing. And this often happens during what's called the NREM stage, non-REM dreaming. And your body is running these processes that are going on while you're sleeping. And your mind will visualize some of these processes or at least respond to what's going on in your body. So you're seeing symbolism and you're getting kind of a, uh, a bird's eye view into what's going on inside of your body and inside of your mind as you're sleeping. But it's not meaningful in the traditional sense that the imagery comes together into a story and it impacts you on personally. It impacts you emotionally. Those dreams occur generally during the REM stage. That's rapid eye movement. And it was identified a long time ago in sleep studies as being the stage when people were having the most intense and vivid dreaming. 
those are the dreams that you want to remember and to, you know, to take a look at the next day and to ponder, um, to work through in your feelings, because there's often some kind of message for you that is personal to you. It's going to help you in some way to understand yourself better, to live your life better, to prepare for your day, to consolidate what's happened recently in your life, things along those lines that dreams can be really beneficial for. Hold on, wait a minute. I've got to take us to commercial break, Linda. Um, We are visiting today with J.M. DeBoard. Those books that that we were recommending are the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meaning. Also, Dreams, One, Two, Three, Remember, Interpret, and Live Your Dreams. And really quickly, J.M., you're part of the Reddit, you're the Reddit Dream Expert. How do people find you there? Well, at dreams.reddit.com, R-E-D-D-I-T, um, I am a moderator there. I've been doing this for about six years, and I've been in, uh, active in the community longer than that. And it's a great dream community. We have over 30,000 subscribers, and uh, anybody can come there and share their dreams, ask questions, get advice. Uh, please have them drop on by and, and visit us there. Great. So when we come back from the break, we're going to let Linda ask her question, and we've got lots more questions for J.M. DeBoard for our dreaming show. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn Lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show. Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. evening in 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. 
Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we're visiting with dream expert J.M. DeBoard. And we've got lots of questions for you, J.M. Linda, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Um, before we had our break, J.M., you said that when we're dreaming that, you know, we, can, we get messages or, um, or information um, from our dreams. So my question to you is, where is that information coming from? Is it coming from our soul? Is it coming from our psyche? Or is it coming from guides or all of the above? <laughs> or or add, add to that list? Well, really, all of the above is the right answer. You think of the dreaming mind as a universal translator. It will take any input that you are receiving into your mind as you're sleeping, and it will translate it into imagery. And if there's enough of it, it will translate it into a story. So anything that you were thinking about before you went to bed or that's been on your mind, uh, anything physically that happens, like a, a plane flies over low overhead of your house and you start dreaming about you know, World War II or something and their air you know airplanes taking off and landing and flying through the air or a book falls off your bookshelf and it translates into your dreaming mind uh, as a gunshot or something like that now it does go deeper the first really the first layer of dreaming is coming from your body and your body is continually giving you these updates it's like status reports and then the second layer is coming from your mind and then the third layer is coming from your spirit and the fourth layer is when you connect into what you might call the universal spirit. Now, this is not agreed upon by all dream experts um, that there is actually a God or a big spirit or whatever you want to call it out there and that it's communicating to us in our dreams. But what has been pretty much proven is, is that there is a collective unconscious that all of us as individuals are participating in this big Internet of the mind. And as we sleep, we are uploading information into that collective mind and we're downloading from it. And the experience of that can be like talking to some kind of divine source because, you know, what is a higher power? It's believing in something that is bigger than yourself. And that's really what the collective mind is. So your dreaming mind has to translate this into imagery. And a lot of it is subjectively based. So you could see it as a divine guide. You could see it as a, you know, figure in heaven. Uh, you could, some people, it's just a voice. So, yes, it's going in in layers, and you can tell by how much it affects you emotionally, you, how much you engage with the dream. The dreams that are particularly powerful and come from, shall we say, they come from above, those are the dreams that really hit you right in the feels, and you know that you're communicating with this larger source and that it's giving you this information that's going to help you live your life better. Thank you. I just want to backtrack one one uh, one moment of what you you said uh, a couple of minutes ago. You said while we're dreaming, our body um, is giving us updates of our of our health status. Could you yes. be a little uh, more specific on on how that works and and how I mean, if you had something going on in your dream, are you going to dream about you have something going on, or you should be going to the doctor, or someone died, or someone's what? How, how does it yeah, work? Yeah, yeah, great question, and I get asked this a lot because people are very concerned about their health, and any source of information that can tell you about your health, especially call it inside information, you know, people are very interested in that. So, what's your your dreams use symbolism, and when you have a dream about something going on in your body. It's not necessarily that it is 
an actual status report from your body. I'll give you a quick example. There was a, someone who asked me at Reddit Dreams the other day about a dream. He was told by a doctor that he had a brain tumor. And uh, so, of course, he was very concerned about this, and he came looking for advice. And we hashed out the dream with each other, and I asked him about, well, have you been kind of, you know, in a fog? Have you been feeling like your mind hasn't been working as well? And he said, yeah, you know, I've really been in this funk, and, you know, um, I, I feel like my thinking processes are declining. I'm not able to concentrate. And after kind of going back and forth with this, we felt comfortable saying, I don't think this is your body telling you what's going on as far as an actual brain tumor. I think this is symbolism, but, you know, let's be careful of this and just have you monitor. If you start getting headaches or blurred vision or something like this, of course, you want to go see your doctor right away. Um, but in the meantime, I feel comfortable saying that this is some kind of symbolism to describe what's going on in your mind, that you're not working at full capacity right now. But on the other end of the scale, you know, your body can give you status reports about what's going on. Um, Larry Burke, MD, um, it's Burke with an E, uh, is a, uh, uh, he's a, a doctor and he has uh, written a lot about this and his website is letmagichappen.com and he has, uh, talks a lot about what, how dreams can be used for medical diagnosis and for self-healing. Uh, Wanda Birch had a dream about having breast cancer and um, she uh, actually had breast cancer and she had to battle to get uh, the doctors to listen to her and say, hey, I know my dreams are telling me the truth. I need you to, you know, to look. And sure enough, she did have breast cancer. So um, great question. And I want people to know out there that usually these kinds of dreams are symbolism, but sometimes they can give you literal warnings. And of course, the first rule of dream interpretation is always consider the obvious. There could be something your body's trying to tell you. Now, usually it is in regard to things such as diets. I'll get actual foods in my dreams and I'll eat those foods and my body will feel better. So there's suggestions. And lately I've been having dreams about leading Pilates classes. I used to teach Pilates and I got out of it and I'm more on the publishing side now. But I keep dreaming that I'm either late for teaching the class or something along those lines. And what I figured out is, is that my body is telling me that I need to do Pilates. So, you know, when I get off the air here, actually, I'm going to grab my yoga mat and I'm going to do you know, uh, to give my body what it's asking for. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, yeah, it's very insightful. Um, you know, I was having a lot of dreams, um, about just, there were, there were all different situations, but it was always, you get so close and you just can't get there. So to me, it was always like, um, and ended up in a frustration, um, that I'm so close, but you know, I just, you know, that last, that last <laughs> half a mile was, was, was too much. And I took it as a frustration one. I told it to one of my friends. He said, maybe it shouldn't be going there in the first place. Maybe you, you've got it. You should, instead of trying to get where you think you want to go, just be happy where you are. So isn't it funny how, you know, you can interpret one, one way, but other people are going to interpret it other way. Um, but I think you have to go with your own with your own interpretation because it's your dream. Yeah, I mean, go with your own gut feeling, but that's where having sharing dreams can really help because by nature, dreams tell you what you don't already know or fully realize. So there can be messages in the dreams that are obvious to other people, but they're not obvious to you. 
Um, or you can get perspectives on dreams. You know, lately I've been getting a little bit away from pure interpretation and going into looking at the dream as a story and pulling something out of that story that I can apply during my waking life that's going to help me to think things through a little more. There will be something to ponder, something to feel through that I can pull from the dream. And it's not necessarily directly there in the content of the dream, but something about the story will help to get you along a line of thought. Um, like, you know, the car is falling short of its goal. I would begin with ideas like, hey, you know, is there something that I'm getting close to, but I can't quite reach it? Is there a reason why I'm not getting there? Perhaps it's not the best place for me to be. Am I having some kind of resistance inside of myself to something and I'm trying to overwrite it, which might be in the dream is like pressing on the gas pedal harder or getting out and pushing the car to the finish line or to the goal, you know, and it might be telling me that I am resisting something and that I need to sit back and maybe wait for the AAA guy to show up, you know, like <laughs> yes. you, but you engage, the point is, is that you engage with the dream as a story because there's something that's there that is trying to be communicated to you from this other part of your mind that's called the unconscious. The unconscious is a much vaster part of the mind compared to the conscious mind. In fact, it's like the conscious mind is like the tip of the iceberg. And you know that icebergs, most of the mass of an iceberg is below the surface. In dream speak, that means that it's below, it's it, below conscious uh, awareness. It's in the unconscious mind. And it is always communicating to you. But when your senses are shut down and you're sleeping and the rational mind has a chance to take a little break, then the unconscious mind can now tell you what it is observing about you in your life. And it can really benefit you to just receive the messages and don't try to analyze them too much, but use it as a point for reflection. Oftentimes, just getting up and starting to write in a journal. You might remember something of a dream or you just remember the feelings and just start writing. And it's like a prompt to help you to journal out your ideas and your thoughts and your feelings. And it will help you even if you don't directly understand everything about the dream. Okay, absolutely. Um, I usually, you know, don't write them down as I, uh, I will dream uh, just before I wake up in the morning and then I will think about it. And then uh, by the time, uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes go by and I'm onto something else, it's completely, it, you know, it disappears. It's, it's like a snowflake. It just melts. But when we come back, you know, we're going to have a break pretty soon. But I, I think it's really important that we talk about reoccurring dreams. I know I've had several reoccurring dreams um, in my life, and they, act, you know, they really meant something. And, until, and then when something happened, they went away. And I have a friend that, you know, I'll tell you about his dream um, because he's having a reoccurring dream too. But he's got really, you know, he's a really um, – He's got special gifts, and he is having these reoccurring dreams about his uh, mother who passed away a couple of years ago. So it's really, really interesting to hear about all of these things that go on while we're supposed to be sleeping. Oh, yeah. And recurring dreams um, often have something there that is trying to get through to you. I mean, yeah. sometimes recurring dreams are based off of just the recurring motifs and themes in your life. But oftentimes there's something that's there that's a message that's trying to get through. And the story will be told to you over and over again until you finally get the message. And when you do get the message, you can um, then take it and apply it to your life. And what you'll find is, is that the story of the dream will progress forward. and. Yeah. 
uh, then you know that you've gotten the message and that you've done with it what you need to do. Yeah. I have a lot of recurring motifs and themes in my dreams. So this is great. I, I would love to crack that open with you. And let's do that after the break. huh? We will. We'll be back after the break with J.M. DeBoard, Sandra Beck, Linda Franklin. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. If you like what you heard today, check us out on iTunes under Powered Up Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break, and we will deconstruct more of the dreaming mystery. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Riles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It's words you never heard. Have you noticed that no matter how carefully you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all cringle-crangled and jitterty-jitterty the next year? Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison, and by 1900, these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. In 1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained, as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and this is Powered Up Talk Radio and we're visiting with J.M. DeBoard. He's a dream expert and you're going to want to get a couple copies of his book. I have them, but Dreams 1, 2, 3, Remember, Interpret, and Live Your Dreams, and the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings, which is just being released. And um, Jam, it's so amazing how you can kind of play with your own brain, um, you like before sleep and, and, you know, better than other things. But um, one of the things that <laughs> that you had taught me on the other show was to, you know, like in remembering my dreams, I 
kind of made a deal with my own dream memory, if you will, that if it was really important and vital that I attend to it, that I would learn it on waking. But if it was just stuff that I'm working through and I don't need to know it in like my physical realm, just say like the word mom, or if I'm talking to my mom in my dreams, just wake up in the word mom. And then that'll be my keyword or my cue to let me know that I can just go about my day. All is well, all is good. And it started working. I mean, this was like, you know, we're talking a couple of years ago when we talked and like just this morning I woke up and the first word every morning when I wake up, I mean, not every morning, but many mornings I'll be like, mom, and then I sit up in bed and I'm like, okay, I've done all I needed to do last night. And I'm confident that what is supposed to come to me will come to me naturally, organically during the day. It doesn't wake me up at night. It doesn't interrupt my morning. And, you know, I kind of monkeyed that through after your book. And I'd like to know why, why does that work? Well, your dreaming your dream life is really having a relationship with the unconscious mind, which we started talking about in the last segment. The, you, you actually have a relationship with this part of yourself, and it can respond and take requests, like you know the cosmic DJ in the sky. You can send it a request, and it will feed back to you. So the most important information that you need to know, your dreaming mind knows how to communicate it to you. It also knows whether or not you receive that message. So you can count on, like if there's an important dream and you forget it, you know, and the next night when you go to sleep, ask your dreaming mind to send you that dream again or to at least get that message back to you. Or if there's a dream that you don't understand, you can ask for clarification. If there's something that you need to know, you have a decision you need to make in your waking life. You're weighing the options in your mind. You go, hey, dream source, I would like to have your input on this because I know that you always give me good advice. So please, tonight, you know, I'm going to bed now. I know I'm going to be dreaming. Please send me something that I can pull into, you know, and, and pull, pull into my thought processes and help me to make this decision. Now, there's a lot that goes on as you are sleeping and you are dreaming that you are not going to remember and you don't necessarily need to remember. Now, in eight hours of sleeping, you can have up to two hours of REM stage. That's the most vivid, intense dreaming. Out of that, you might be able to pull five or 10 minutes of dreaming into your conscious, you know, when you wake up in the morning. So there's a lot of content that's being missed there. And you don't necessarily have to know all of it. You can have an intuitive feeling. If you miss something important, then you will have that feeling like, oh, okay, there's something I need to remember here. Or like you do, you pop up in the morning, you kind of do that check and you go, is there something that I missed? And if there isn't, then you can be reasonably sure that everything that needed to happen happened subconsciously. There's a lot that's going on as you're dreaming. You're making decisions. You're interacting with parts of yourself, different parts of your mind, your body, your spirit. They're all communicating with each other. And if your waking life is generally going okay and you don't need any kind of big message or intervention, your dreams don't necessarily need to hit you over the head. They'll say, hey, everything's okay. You go about living your life, and the next time we meet up again in our dreams, I'll give you another status report. See, I, that's in, interesting to me because, because you know, you talk about this this relationship 
Um, the one thing I asked, because I really need a good night's sleep. I know some people can function on little sleep. I can't. And I always have somebody in my bed, either a two-legged or a four-legged child that uh-huh. has to come in for some comfort. So I still have one that's, you know, in and out of my bed with nightmares and dreams and whatever. Um, so I asked, like you talk about that relationship with myself. I didn't know who I was asking, but I asked like, you know, my my dreaming self um, to also let me know through daydreams. And one of the things that happened after I've asked them to do that is I can be working and, you know, like, like, you know, how you get like a little sleepy and, and I look out my window and I have my little daydream and then I go back to work. That also is a place that information comes to me. And I want to know if those two are related Oh, that is so insightful. Yes, they are. People tend to think of their sleeping and dreaming lives as totally separate from their waking lives. And really, it is a back and forth process. Your daydreams are really a directed or guided dream. Um, dreaming uses the parts of same parts of your mind that are used for your imagination. So if you are daydreaming, what you're really doing is directing your imagination in a way that's like a dream. And if you can kind of pull yourself into the background and just allow the daydream to progress and evolve, then really what you're doing is you are dreaming. So, yes, uh, this, this, that it's very insightful that you can continue this relationship with your dreaming mind while you're awake and that there is not a hard barrier between these two sides of your life, uh, that there is actually a lot of back and forth between them. And the more that you can invite your dreams into your waking life, um, the more that your dreams can then respond and become like a feedback loop and it'll keep pulling in that information from your waking life, running it through your dreaming life, and then give it back to you the next day, except for now it's delivering more information, more energy to you. Um, All of your dream symbols, whether you are dreaming them or you're daydreaming them, these are all loaded with potential energy. And as you work with the imagery in the dream, you are allowing this energy to be released into your psyche, to be released into your body and your nervous system, and to actually move into your life and help you to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Wow, that's really cool. Lindo, are you still there? Yeah, oh, yes, I am <laughs> like, silly. I'm, I'm listening with, with, with everything I've got. I have a couple of questions. Um, First of all, this one may sound way out, but is it possible that we can leave our body during our dreams and go somewhere else? Absolutely. Yes, I'm starting to study this. Um, now, I, there's a phenomenon called lucid dreaming where you become aware of the fact that you're dreaming and you can then direct the dream. And uh, the lucid dreaming, out-of-body experience, and astral projection, I think, are layers of the same phenomena. Um, now, uh, Edgar Casey said that uh, your dreams, are, your spirit can leave your body as you are uh, dreaming and that it can go into the spirit world and participate with, in a more direct sort of way, with these, call them entities, other spirits, other minds, and then your, it comes back into your body. In fact, there used to be a belief that if you woke up someone who was dreaming that you might cause them harm because their spirit would be outside of their body and would all of a sudden be jolted back into it. Now, I tend to, I'm a more of a conventional dream interpreter and uh, dream worker, and I look at it as 
your mind is not necessarily tethered to your body. We know this through experiments such as in remote viewing, which was funded by CIA, DIA, and Defense Department for over 20 years, and it was done at Stanford Research Institute. They, the, the people who were doing these experiments and then for progressing from experiments to actually military-grade projects were using their mind to leave their body and to be able to view things that were going on in other locations. And it didn't matter if it was uh, in the next room or on the other side of the world or on the dark side of the moon. So we have learned this, and the CIA actually released documents basically saying, we did this, and we tested it, and tested it, and tested it, and we know that it's true, it's real. So we know that we, the mind can leave the body, and I think that there are different ways that it can happen, whether it's astral projection, out-of-body experience, or lucid dreaming. Did you ever have, you know, that you're, you're in bed and you're sleeping, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're going to die. I mean, you wake up and it's like you're, you're in an anxiety attack and it's just, you can't breathe. And it's like, and then, then you say, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. It was just a dream. But it, it's like you were pounded back into your body and it's like, it was like shocking. Yeah. And, you know, I get a lot of uh, questions along these lines over at Reddit Dreams. And here's something that is, you need to understand is, is that your body is shut down while you were dreaming. Your nervous system is actually shut down. Otherwise, you could act out your dreams. Now, in medical literature, it's called REM atonia. And in uh, popular culture, it's called sleep paralysis. So if you are suddenly jolted out of a deep state of dreaming and then you are back into a waking state, you can have two things that will happen. One is, is that your body will not respond and you will have this very strange sensation of being paralyzed, your ears ringing, feeling numb, especially in your face. Um, you can have that that can happen. And the other thing is, is that you will still be dreaming while you are awake and you will have an overlay of imagery. You will, eyes will pop open. You see your sleep space. Let's say it's your bedroom and you look around, but that dream imagery, the dreaming mind is still producing imagery and that dream imagery will respond to your feelings. So if you wake up and you feel you're paralyzed and you feel you, you get a sudden shock of fear or terror, your dreaming mind will then respond to that by producing this scary imagery. And for some people, that imagery can be like demons or witches or devils. For other people, they see aliens. You know how many um, alien abduction uh, reports begin with, I woke up and... They wo they're waking up from a dream and they're seeing little gray guys around their room or they are floating out of their body and they see themselves going up to like a UFO or spaceship or something like that. And what's been found is, is that at least in some of those cases, what's actually happening is, is they are experiencing sleep paralysis and they are dreaming while they're awake. And it's an, it's an insanely powerful experience. And if you don't understand what's going on, it can really throw you for a loop. Okay, I need need to take us to commercial break. We're visiting today with J.M. DeBoard. You can check him out uh, on Reddit. You can also uh, get both of his books, The Dream Interpretation Dictionary and Dreams 1, 2, 3. Uh, we'll be back after the break with Linda Franklin and Sandra Beck for Powered Up Talk Radio. More about aliens and dreams and all this kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. 
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's Marching Down We have a book titled The Art of Doing Nothing by Veronica Bien in our guest room by the bed. I'm telling you, this book is an impossible challenge. In the state of Maine, it's said that someone who bottoms chairs for a living is lazy, presumably because one's bottom is perpetually in the chair. To sozzle means to laze around or perform a task in a sloppy way. The word is mainly found in New England. A quote from 1848 describes the term as used by housekeepers in certain parts of Connecticut to refer to a lazy person. Other words for lazy people are abbey lovers, scabberlatchers, and slaughter pooches. To me, the ultimate love lolly is someone who is too lazy to even fake like they're working. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with J.M. DeBoard. And we are going to talk about dreaming and our pets. And this is so exciting to me because I love, 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 love watching my dogs have a dream. When their little paws go and their nose twitches and their eyeballs go back and forth, I could just sit there and watch that all day sometimes. And then sometimes I like to take like a piece of food and put it near it and take it away and see if they come out of the dream. Do they go into the dream? Do they go back and forth? It's just a new way to torture your pet. So, Linda, I'm going to go to you to ask a question about pets. No, well, that was my question. Um, they are dreaming because I, you know, I know when Lucy's sleeping, the same thing with, you know, or she'll even go, you know, she'll even like, not cry, but she'll, she'll make sounds and their little paws go. And, you know, I, I wonder what the hell is she dreaming about? <laughs> I hope it's good, but it just, it doesn't seem that way. You know, they're often um, from studies. Uh, the, the guess is, is that they are dreaming about the activities that they have learned since the last time that they slept there. It's basically the same process of memory consolidation that goes on with humans as they dream, except for humans have a deeper layer of dreaming gets more into their emotional and spiritual lives. 
Um, but the basic process of dreaming is take what you've learned since the last time that you slept and consolidate it into the existing structure of your mind. So with our pets, the same process is going on. They've shown this with um, teaching mice how to go through a maze and that they have actually been able to follow what's going on in the visual cortexes of their minds as they're dreaming. There was a lot of debate whether or not animals actually dream. And the there was there were actually scientists who went in there and opened up the you know the scalp and the skull and inserted all the electrodes and were actually they actually monitored everything that was going on in the brain um, as the animal was sleeping and they were able to detect that there were areas that they associate with dreaming that were lighting up and active. So the guess, the best guess, since we can't ask our animals what they were just dreaming, the best guess is, is that they are processing information and consolidating it and kind of pulling it into that deeper layer so that it becomes a part of themselves that they don't, you know, like it's, it's kind of like learning a song. There comes a, after you sleep and you dream about it and you wake up the next day and you can perform the song better or any kind of activity. And it's because it's been integrated more deeply into your being. And I think that's the same process that's going on with our pets. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's really, it's really, it's, it's very interesting to watch because, um, you know, they're dreaming because something's going on in there because all of, all of this body movement, but, um, it, it's, you know, sometimes I wake her up cause she looks like she's having a nightmare. Oh, just let them. Yeah, let them dream. Let them let, let them get dream. through the process. Yeah, let them dream. You know, um, I get asked a lot uh, people who have dreams about their pets who have departed, and oh, um, I've had there one is, those. yeah, and you know, um, sometimes it is uh, these these dreams have a lot of anxiety to them, and sometimes yes. there's a deep sense of grief and loss. But sometimes it's like your pet has returned to you to give you um, another experience together that it's almost like they're saying either saying goodbye or just kind of dropping in for a visit. And wow. I know we have a, a sick cat right now and uh, we just lost another pet recently and I've been having dreams about them. And I know that those dreams are just processing the experience. They're helping me to get some of these emotions out. Otherwise, you know, the, the, the deep sense of uh, anxiety for and worry about my pets um, and the deep sense of loss after they've passed would stay in my body and in my mind. And what my dreams are doing is they are allowing me to get some of this out of me and I can wake up the next day with at least a little bit of sense of relief. But I have known people, um, I haven't had this experience yet, but as a dream expert, I talk to a lot of people about these subjects and I have known people who were able to get a sense of my pet is okay and maybe one of these days will be reunited in some sort of sense, but they have this very strong feeling that that pet, that their beloved pet is still out there somewhere, even though their body is gone, that there's something about the essence of their pet that's still there. And I tell people, you know, it's your dream. And if you want to interpret it that way and it feels positive and good to you, then by all means, please go ahead you know, whether or not it's objectively true doesn't really matter as much as the sense of, of, of relief and um, the ability to be able to process the grief and still feel a connection with those that we've lost, whether yeah. it's a pet or it's a person. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about um, the one um, gentleman's, uh, he's been dreaming about his deceased mother. I, I yeah, 
you know, and he, you know, he, he senses his, his parents around him all the time. And, and, you know, he, he's very attuned to that. So he's been having this recurring dream that, um, his mother is driving a car and, and in the car are a lot of, uh, dead spirits as well. And he's, he's in the car and then he gets in the car with, uh, in the front seat with his mother, but his mother's not driving too well and she keeps like driving off the road and he, you know, he's trying to get his mother to, um, you know, not, not crash the car and he keeps having it and having it and having it. And, and Sandra's heard this too. And, um, Sandra's interpretation of, I dream if, if I'm right, Sandra was saying that, that the, his mother wants him to take over and drive or, um, about take over these dreams, um, so that he's in charge, not the people that who have departed are in charge. Well, I have a, a theory on that, and of course, this gets into an area where I'm going to have to speculate um, because I'm not a, a medium or a channeler or anything. But um, I do know um, that, uh, especially, there's a book called uh, "Testimony of Light" or "Testimony of the Light," and um, it is a uh, somebody who channeled information from a friend of hers that went to the other side and was able to give her all this information about how things work. And one of the things that's known is is that people who have the ability to channel in their waking lives go to the other side and they still can continue that mediumship now if her son has the gift also and it often runs in families the way that i would look at that dream is is that he is trying to tune to her or she is trying to tune to him because there are these other spirits with her that are trying to use her to communicate to him and from him into the world and it sounds to me like if the driving isn't going very well in the dream, that what it's saying is, is that there's something about that process that can be improved, that they can have a, a better connection with each other psychically, and that that will improve the way that the car drives. Looking at the car, of course, as being a metaphor for moving forward and doing this work together between the living and you know his mom on the other side. That's how I would interpret it. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I don't have I that experience, to... but that's, but that's, you know, but he does it. And, and I, I, you know, Sandra, I think that you have some of these experiences too. I, 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 I don't, and it, and it's recurring. So it, you know, it, it, it's the same dream over and over and over again. I've had that, but not, but not with, um, dead spirits. Yeah. There's a message trying to get through there. And if the dream occurs, you know, we talked about this a little earlier, um, then there is a, there is something that's trying to get through to you, some kind of message. And in this case, I would be interested in knowing what his response is. He can find me at facebook.com slash interpret dreams. Ask him to drop by and uh, uh, after he hears this episode and let's see if that helps him to, um, you know, to pull in from the dream the information that it's trying to get across to him. Of course, you know, we can only speculate here, and he's the only one that truly knows what the dream means. Right. No, I will, I will absolutely, uh, yeah, I will, I will talk to him and, and, and have him do that. I'd love to hear from him. Now, you know, it's really interesting. Um, there are people who have been able to dream uh, things. I, I'm a conventional dream interpreter, but I've had to expand my mind to, and, and there are a lot of people who have these experiences of talking to their departed loved ones. Um, there are people who have dreams about events that have happened or are going to happen. 
Um, there's a, a lady in Wisconsin, and I can't pull up her name right now. It's either Wisconsin or Minnesota, um, who has been helping the police solve crimes, like really horrific crimes. And she sees in a first-person perspective from the victim who is being uh, murdered. And she has actually been able to pull information out of the dream world that have helped the detectives to track down the perpetrators of these crimes. Um, I know of people who also help to convey information from one side to the other through dreams that there are people in the afterlife who have unfinished business or they need to get information to people who are in the living who need to know something like, you know, there's a health crisis with a family member or uh, in one case, I remember it was that there was a family member who was contemplating suicide and the mom came to uh, another daughter in the dream and said, you need to get in touch with your sister. And it turned it out and it, it, everything that mom said turned out to be true. So I've had to really expand my mind about these things oh. and, um, uh, and allow this information to come through and be able to give advice about it because I get asked about this stuff probably more than any other topic. Like, hey, my, you know, my mom who passed away came to me in a dream. How do I determine whether or not this is symbolism or if it's real? You know, so I've had to really go through a process of trying to figure this out and give the best advice that I can. Yeah, well, and I mean, JM, I'd just like to support you on that for somebody, you know, my mom died in 2011, I think. Um, and she's been very active in my dreams. She's been active in my daydreams. She's been active in my head. And I've come to the conclusion after all these years and talking to experts such like yourself that it doesn't really matter whether I think it's real or not. The most important part of it is the message. Like, that's the one thing that I've held on to over and over because people are like, oh, well, that's Jesus speaking to you. Oh, that's God speaking to you in a way you understand. Oh, that's the universe speaking to you, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's got their own interpretation. But yeah. at the end of the day, I don't really care who it is because what is being said to me is comforting. It's validating. It's supportive. It's directive. It's always been good you know nobody's you know telling me to you know set my hair on fire and paint my toes purple i mean it's yeah. always you know and it sounds like my mom so i guess it doesn't really matter who it is it's just matters what the message is and what you do with it well i would encourage your listeners to go to my blog at dreams123.net and look under the most popular posts. It's right there on the sidebar. And the, the number one most popular post on my blog is um, about deciphering these sorts of dreams that are coming from deceased relatives. Uh, I get probably five times more hits on that one post than my second most popular one. So um, it's there are obviously a lot of people out there who are looking for the same information, can benefit from it. And Sandra, you're right. You know, it's how you interpret it. And if you discount for people who automatically discount this kind of thing, they could be cutting themselves off from a good source of information. I mean, who who else do you want to listen to more for advice in your life? Your mom. Well, your dream could dress up as your mom to get the message across that there's something important you need to know. So, JM? yeah, don't discount it. Yes, thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Dreams123.net. We'll be back again next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prom-